another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Just want to welcome everyone online and Melbourne that are connecting with us today. So good. You'll be back in real time real soon. Don't worry, it's not far away. In Jesus' name. Thanks, team. You're awesome. Can we give these guys a hand? They're amazing. I love that new song. Whose song is that? Bethel. Okay, I was going to give our team credit for that, but (laughs) all credit to Bethel. (laughs) Well, we can own it and not tell them, whatever. But anyway, this morning I want to talk about is something that's really been on my heart with all the change that we've been going through over the the past few months. And I've entitled this message, Exit Out to Enter In. You know, we've been in such a fast-tracked season of change, haven't we? And I don't think there's not one person that hasn't been affected by that globally, really. And uh, moving out from what was, now navigating what is and what will be in God. And many people have been saying, I've heard this so many times from so many people, that it's been a real resetting time in their life, a rethinking time. And also a reminding time of what is really important and where their priorities need to be. I don't know about you, but I think we've all been through that in some way or another. It's also been a great reminder, I feel, of our humanity and God's sovereignty. A great reminder that our God is Almighty God, that He has the master plan, He has the last say, and that He is big and we are not. (laughs) Joyce Meyer says, when our props are pulled out from under us, we discover what what we're really leaning on, what what we are really rooted and grounded in. It's so true, isn't it? When things are taken away from us that are familiar, that are secure, that we've become comfortable with, that we like in that comfortable place are taken away, all of a sudden we realise, oh, okay, is my foundation really in God or these things that are around me? The Passion Bible in Psalm 27, 8 says this, Some find their strength in their weapons and and wisdom, but my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord our God, who makes us strong and gives us victory. Our enemies will not prevail. They will only collapse and perish in defeat why we will rise up full of courage. My prayer this morning is that the end of this message that you will have some extra courage put in your sails today. I personally see this season as a fast forward season in God. Even though it may not seem like that to some, maybe you've lost a job, your business has been affected, whatever has gone on in your personal world, but I definitely see this as a fast-track season in God. And God's using this season to get our attention. He definitely has done that globally. He's got everybody in. But I think particularly for Christians, I really do believe that God is getting our attention to get us ready for a Jesus revolution. And that starts in us. Change needs to start in us. And I definitely believe that He is getting us ready. A time to exit out of what was and enter into what God wants us to step into. A kickstart 
season. To kickstart something means to make something start to happen quickly. And I do believe behind the scenes that is what God has been doing. We may not see into the heavenlies of what He's doing. We may get glimpses of it when we're alone with God and He's speaking into our life personally and showing us things. But let me tell you, God is on the move. God has been working in the background. I pray that each and every one of us will move forward into this season as God is moving, moving forward and that He will release His greater authority in each and every one of us in a greater measure and a great awakening will come from this. God uses everything. And I just pray He uses us and what He does in us will spill out to others. You know, to have all that God has promised us, we need to exit out of the old, out of the old thinking, out of the old past ways we were doing things, out of the old into the new. We've got to not hold on to what was because that has gone. But in order to enter into the new era, the new horizon, we have to exit out to enter in. And God has the advantage It's surprising how many Christians in this season have allowed fear, and I get fear, but allowed fear to overtake them and and for them to momentarily forget that God has the advantage. God has the last say, and He will use what the enemy has meant to be a disadvantage to our lives to gazump the enemy. I wasn't sure if that was an Aussie word. I... I, um, Don't think it is, but we all know what gazumping is, don't we? To overtake, because God is the God of the pushback. God is the God of the comeback. God is a God that's got your back. God has spoken many prophetic promises over us as a body of people, as individuals. And that includes you and I individually. What God has spoken over us means you. It means me, not just the, the pastors, not just a corporate word, but it's you and I involved in that prophetic word, making up the whole body. Everyone has a part to play, including Melbourne. The words that God has spoken over us, it's over life, over your life. And in Romans 12, five to six, it talks about the physical body how the physical body has many parts. And we all know if one of those parts stop working, we know about it because we need every part supplying to have a healthy body. And in verse five, it says, So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ the Messiah, and individually we are parts one of another, mutually dependent on one another. Having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ, according to the grace given us. Then it says, let us use them. Not hide them, not put them down, not throw them away, but use them. The prophetic, the practical service, teaching, encouragers, providers, givers, everyone, those with a mercy gift, everyone is needed. 
Everyone is as important as each other. And you know, God's purposes and plans, let's remember this, were not shot down, shut down over COVID. They were advancing, not shut down. God's purposes and plans will prevail. They were advancing. We may not see, have seen that, but we will because they were advancing. And we are the ones potentially that need to catch up. We're the ones that need to change our priorities in order to enter into those promises that God has planned, that God has been advancing in the background. A reset crossroad, which I believe every one of us and probably the whole planet have been on, doesn't mean a stay stagnant, stop moving forward, shrink back, a stay small moment in time. It's contrary to that. It's a time to awaken, to arise, to be alert to what God is doing. A time to look again, to take a second look. It's a reminder that we need to stay tuned into God like never before. Seek His face. Seek His purposes and plans, not our own. Seek Him for the days ahead so that our days will be purpose-filled, God-ordained, and God ordered. Seize the time and portion. Do you know there is a time and a portion that has been allotted to us? There's a, a time and a portion that has been allotted to you personally. This is the time. God has purposes and plan. God has territory, territory, territory for us to take individually and corporately as a body of people, God has a plan. Michael Maiden a year ago was here, a year and a bit ago now. Dr. Michael Maiden prophesied over us. And this is a reminder of it. I love to go back and be reminded of what God has said. He talked about this house being a breakthrough house. He talked about this house being a miracle house. He talked this, about this house being a curse-breaking house. He also said that we will all be anointed to break curses. Every hand on deck, that means to me. Not a time to sit back, not a time to shrink back, not a time to be fearful, but a time to advance the Kingdom of heaven. We need to lean in with an awakened heart to what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. Psalm 108, 1, 2 says, Awake, O my soul, with the music of His splendour. Arise, my soul, and sing His praises. I will awaken the dawn with my worship, greeting the daybreak with my songs of light. I will awaken. We need to tell our soul that I will awaken. Don't sit back waiting to see what God's gonna do. Awaken your soul to, to God. Say, I'm available, God. I'm here, God. I'm ready, God. I'm waiting, God. Use me. What do you want me to do? What are you saying to me? What do I need to change? This, is, this season has caused many and God has so got our attention to review our lives, 
to what and who we have really been living for, what really matters. And God is capitalising on this season. I love that about God. Everything the enemy comes at us with, God will capitalise that. He will use it It's to awaken us and rekindle the embers. Maybe you're in this room today and you've been a Christian a little while. Or maybe you're a new zealous Christian. I love the zealousness of young people and young Christians that have discovered the love of Jesus for the very first time. But I pray that we rekindle that if it's dimmed down. And I do believe that's what God is doing. Maybe the the embers that have grown dim or just have dwindled out to nearly diminishing, that God would just stoke us again. Put some wood on that fire and give us a bit of a poke and say, come on guys, stir up that passion and that love for Jesus so that it will spill out of us and draw others. You know, you would have heard Pastor Paul say many times, over this season, especially when we were um, online, that God has got this, therefore God has got us. He's got our back. He's got your back. He's the God of the universe. Let's not forget that. A great reminder, and I reminded myself of this over the last couple of weeks, and I definitely am reminding the enemy today. The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. Let's not forget that. We have the backing of heaven behind us and kingdom purpose in front of us. Psalm 108.1 says, My heart, O God, is quiet and confident all because of You. We can trust God. We can lean on God. We know that God has the last say. I will awaken the dawn. I will look up. Take our eyes off our current circumstances of restriction, whatever they may be, and look to and allow God to lead us into the new. We can confidently move into the new because we know that God has gone before us. He's already there. He's already got our back. He's already won the victory. Psalm, I mean, Philippians 3, 13, 14 says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. Let's not forget that church. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. We have the anointing of Jesus in our life. To enter in means that we have admission to go in. We also have permission to go in. And can I just say what God has authorised, we have permission to obtain. Somebody needs to hear that again. What God has authorised, we have permission to obtain. Are you with me online in Melbourne? What God has authorised in your life, Don't let a a thing that may have come your way, a disappointment or whatever, take that from you. What God has authorised, you've got permission to obtain. Don't let it go. 
Hold on to what God has given you. And I just want to think, uh, talk about three things today that we may need to do personally to enter in. Three things we may need to exit out of so that we can enter into what God has given us. The first thing is that we need to stand up. We need to put a personal decision to get up again. No one can do that for us. We have to personally decide, I'm going to get up. And then we need to make a personal decision to step forward. Take progressive steps forward, not backwards. And then we need to make a personal decision to walk confidently in, stretch into, is the third thing, the unfamiliar new that is ahead of us. Some people in the room today may be sitting down because you've got knocked down. Maybe something's happened to you that was unexpected. A disappointment, someone has done something in your life and you you got knocked down. That's why you're sitting down this morning. I understand what that feels like. I've had my fair share of that in my journey along the way. And some may need help to stand up again. Maybe you've become fearful as a result. You've become hesitant as a result. Maybe you've lost your confidence as a result. There's a story in 1 Kings where Elijah was in that position. He had just won a great victory. And then the spirit of intimidation came to him via Ahab. He just won a great victory. And then this voice come to him, trying to intimidate him. And he listened to that. He lost his confidence. And I'm just going to read to you from 1 Kings 9, 1 to 8. And the thing is, the, the, the current pressures that were surrounding him overruled all that God had done previously in his life. He forgot all about that because of what was happening now in his life. And he lost God in the process momentarily. But anyway, from verse 3 of 1 Kings 19, it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He went by himself and he came to a um, broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time. Maybe this is your second time where God has tried to encourage you to get back up again, but he's coming to you again this morning. And the angel came a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat and drink and then go. You need strength for the journey because the journey's too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the Mount of God. You know, our food is the Word of God. We need to nourish our soul with the Word of God. If we've found ourselves disheartened, sitting for whatever reason, knocked down, we need the Word of God to refresh us. And we can all get knocked down by life circumstances at times. We could all lose 
hope at times. We can all be afraid and tired. God understands that. We can even get weary from our past victories. That is a caution. But God loves us too much to leave us there. He doesn't want us to stay there. We need to stand up again, exit out from that old and enter into the new. Last year, I was walking along the beach, minding my own business with some of the family. And uh, our younger son, Daniel, has a beautiful border collie dog, who's a lovely dog, very intelligent dog. And he loves playing, catching the ball. So we were walking along and I was ahead of him. He was behind talking to somebody and I was just minding my own business, having a great day. And then he had thrown the ball to the dog and unfortunately I was in the way of the dog's anticipated catch of that ball. And before I knew it, I was just knocked off my feet to the ground. I had no idea what had happened. I just found myself and I'm like, what just happened? And the thing was, when I went to get back up, I couldn't get up. I was knocked down so hard. Some of you may be in that place today. And I needed help to get back up. In fact, unfortunately, I had to, you know, humble myself because Paul had to put him, me over his shoulder and carry me home because I literally couldn't walk. Yeah. <laughs> But what I had to do is from that, I had to go to the doctor. I had to locate the damage that had been done. I had torn my MCL just from the dog's nose going into my leg. And then I needed rehabilitation. I needed help to get back up. That's okay. If I didn't do, but the thing is, I had to put in the hard yards. I had to go to the physio. I had to do the exercises. No one else, Paul, couldn't do that. I had to do that or I wouldn't be able to do this. Yes. (laughs) But so I could get back up again, I had to make the decision. I have to go to the doctor, I have to do the work and I had to put the hard yards in. I read a story about Oprah Winfrey and, you know, she's a woman that's overcome incredible things in her life. I didn't realise but at... Growing up, it says that she was a victim of sexual abuse and repeatedly molested by her cousin, her uncle and a family friend. And later she became pregnant and gave birth to a child at 14. The child passed away just two weeks later. But Oprah persevered, going on to finish high school, an honours student, earning a full scholarship to college and working her way up the ranks of television from a local network anchor in Nashville to an international person of influence that we know her to be today, creator of her own network. You know, when I think of stories like that, I love hearing people's stories because I think she could have felt justified and stayed sitting. She was knocked down. She could have stayed there. But she made a personal decision to push through and work through that pain and stand up again. Can I encourage you, if you feel like you're in that place today. Don't allow the things that knocked you down keep you down. We need to stand up again, straighten our posture and exit out to enter in. Some may be sitting in the room today or maybe online, maybe in Melbourne, and you're sitting down by choice. The allure of comfort has got you. Can I just say to our Melbourne 
family. Online is awesome for you right now for a reason and a season, but it's going to end. And you're going to be back where you're meant to be. (laughs) Some, maybe you've had some time out. I've seen so many on-fire Christians in my time of pastoring that we're all in, going to build the kingdom, going to do this, that, the other thing, change the world. Got tired along the way because they weren't putting other balances in place in their life. And the church somehow got the blame. And now they're nowhere to be found. They took time out and got comfortable. Comfortable isn't going to build the kingdom. Maybe you've allowed cynical to creep in for whatever reason, and it's got you retreating instead of extending the kingdom. Maybe it's just easier for you not to contribute anymore. That's a dangerous place to be. Cynical is just such a dangerous place to be. I've heard so many, so many conversations over COVID about, and it's all good. People have liked the idea of watching church online. And if you're in a place where you need to do that, that's awesome that we have the technology to do that. But, you know, the comfort of your lounge and your PJs with your cuppa, it was good for a reason, good for a season, but at home doesn't fulfil kingdom purpose with people that need you. It doesn't keep us heaven purpose focused. It keeps us self-focused. And I pray we don't become self-focused Christians. In Ruth 1.16, there's a story about a beautiful young woman who in a short space of time, her her husband, his brother and her father-in-law all died. And her mother-in-law, Naomi, she said to Ruth, you go back to your people. Don't stay here. Go back to your people, to the comfort of what you know, to the familiar of what you know. I'll be okay on my own. But Ruth chose the uncomfortable. Instead of the comfortable option, she chose to stay and remain with Ruth, uh, with Naomi, sorry, and make that difficult journey into the unknown. She boldly stepped into the new, leaving behind her past. Do you know, comfortable doesn't take us anywhere. It makes us stagnant. And dare I say, it even makes us slothful at times. Because comfortable ends up being our containment. It may seem good at the time, but mark my words, (laughs) it'll contain you in the end. There's a, a, a kind of an abstract illustration from my own life of comfortable that I found myself in quite a few years ago where I had erected a fence and a locked gate around my heart to protect myself and my dad's memory. My dad passed away when I was 10. You maybe maybe have heard me tell this story, but I had erected this little picket fence and gate, nice gate around it to to protect myself, but I also wanted to protect my dad's memory. And it became a cosy, familiar place to me. It was a place where I didn't have to allow any other's room in there because there wasn't any room for anyone else. It was just my comfy place, my comfy chair in my heart. And it felt safer that way. Do you know we can become comfortable in our pain? We have to be careful. Your pain... is not a part of you. 
It's something that happened to you. Don't get comfortable with it. Don't become victimised by it. It can become a cosy, familiar place and it's not where God wants us to live. For me, my reasoning was I didn't want to leave my father behind. But my heavenly father stood in front of me and saying, Marie, if you want to come where I'm coming, you're going to have to walk away, exit out to enter in. And I had to choose to walk through the discomfort of walking forward. He didn't say it was going to be comfortable. There's a discomfort to it. We can't allow ourselves to be allured into comfortable. Have to take a step forward out of it, exit out to enter in. And then finally, number three is some are sitting today because they don't feel worthy to stand. There was a woman at the well. We may have heard the story about her. If you're new to church, I'll read a little bit about it in a minute. But doing everything she could, she was at a well doing everything she could to avoid people. She was ashamed, locked away inside. She was sitting down on the inside and snared by the enemy because of bad choices, stuff that had happened to her in her life. So she would go out to get water when no one else was around. She didn't have to see anybody. She got stuck in her circumstances. I know there's people in the room today, you're stuck in your circumstances, maybe because of regret, whatever, shame. Please don't stay stuck. She, she was stuck until she encountered Jesus, who offered her freedom and a chance to walk into a new beginning. Do you know, if you don't value yourself, and this is something only we can do, if we don't value ourselves, we will allow others to devalue us. You have to value who God says you are. You have to own that for yourself. And this woman took Jesus at his word when he said, I can offer you something new. You are worth, you are better than that. Somebody needs to hear that today. You are better than what's happened to you or even better than what is, you may have been a part of what happened to you. You are valuable to God. John 4, 4, 10 is that story where the woman came to the well. And this is what Jesus said. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food and the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For you Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He goes on to say, for you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who's not your husband. You have told the truth. There's some, you can read the story for yourself, but do you know what? We've all made mistakes. Jesus didn't dismiss her mistakes in the fact that he acknowledged them, but he said, I forgive you for your mistakes. Sometimes we have to just face our wrongs. Yep, we are wrong. Stuff has happened but I'm gonna accept the forgiveness of God. We all make mistakes along our journey and we can't allow our mistakes to define us. Pastor Scott talked about that when he prayed. 
earlier on in the service. Your mistakes do not define you. They're things that have happened to you, but they don't define you. We all have to just face those wrongs and make them right. And then Jesus will help us get up and walk forward. God meets us and helps us and heals our heart. He never wastes our mess. I love that about God. He never wastes our mess. He turns it around into a powerful message of hope. When God forgives, He forgives completely. Yes, what happened did happen. We have to own that. Yes, it did happen. But we can't change that, but we can change moving forward. We can walk. Every one of us has the opportunity for the new. Every one of us can walk forward into the new. Galatians 5.1, it says, In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery, which you have once put off. You've put it off, leave it off. Don't wear it again. Leave it off. Don't allow past regret, regret to define you or hold you back. You know, a victim mentality will cause you to live a life of bondage and retreat. You've got to stretch into what's ahead. So you need to exit out to enter in. I'm going to ask the team to come and jo- join me right now. But there's a story in... John about a crippled man that lay by the pool for 38 years. And he could fit all three categories we've been talking about. Yes, maybe life did throw something his way that initially caused him to sit down. He was crippled. That happened. But after a while, his condition became his identity. I've met a lot of people like seriously, 25 years later, I'll never forget meeting a girl back in Australia that got saved when I got saved. Yes, she did have stuff happen in her life. So did I. And when I went back, I thought it's so sad because she was stuck in that place. Her condition had become her identity and she wasn't free. It then became his comfort. Because it was easier to stay there. It was easier to blame everybody else. It was easier to say, well, this is why my life has turned out the way it is. It's easier to blame everybody else and not look at why he hadn't changed, why nothing had changed in him. That position then became his reasoning and thought and his excuse that others got there before him because they were more privileged. They had a better chance in life than him. And that excuse became a victim mentality because that's what happens. Please don't stay in the victim mentality excuse. I know what that's like. I lived out of that for many years. And at the time thought justifiably so. But when we meet Jesus, that's not justifiably so anymore. And in John 5, 6 to 9 in the message, it talks about Jesus going to that man. And this is what he said to Jesus. Well, Jesus first asked him, do you want to get well? It's a good question. You could have thought, of course he wants to get well. Who wants to stay there? But he'd been there 38 years. So Jesus had good reason to ask the man, 
you've got something still hanging around from years ago that is stopping you, something you did you're still regretful for, do you really want to be made well? Was the question. And this is what he said. Sir, when the waters are stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. And Jesus said... He didn't say, oh, there, there, just stay there another 38 years. You know what Jesus said? Get up, take your bedroll, start walking. Sometimes we just need Jesus to look us in the eye and He does it in love, but He loves us too much to leave us there. So He says, get up, start walking, take your bedroll and get on your way. I've given you freedom. The man was healed on the spot, picked up his bedroll and walked off. The challenge from Jesus to each and every one of us is do we want to stay there or do we want to walk? First, you have to want to stand up. First, you have to want to take a step. And then you have to want to be willing to make the stretch forward into the new, out of the victim mentality. Dr. Tony Evans who's Priscilla Shira's father, said this powerful statement. Wherever your bed is, that's where your home is. So today the question is, is your bed beside you where you got knocked down? Is your bed beside you where you're feeling comfy or cynical and you're happy to stay in that place? Or is your bed where you're stooped down to the ground today because you don't feel worthy? Tony went on to say, thanks to Jesus, this man would no longer be sleeping in a place of despair. It was time to roll up his mat, find a new home. I love that. I'm just gonna ask if we could all stand this morning. I've asked the team in a moment to lead us in a song. But can I encourage you, if you find yourself in any one of those places this morning in your heart, to not sit back, but stand up, step forward, stretch into, and let's go after God with everything we have. We're going to enter out of the old and into the new. In Jesus' Name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.